Hey, so as you know, Witch Police Radio is not a political podcast. I interview musicians, I interview creative types, I interview people doing DIY art in Manitoba and beyond. And this episode is a conversation uh, that's coming out as a bonus episode with two longtime participants in the local music scene, one of whom is actually a former co-host of this very podcast, who are running for office in the upcoming federal election. So it's jumping the queue a bit, coming out as a bonus episode now, because the election is in a few days, but the goal of this is not to push their platform over any others, or to encourage you to vote a certain way. Uh, I mean, for example, I couldn't even vote for their party if I wanted to, because they don't have a candidate in my area. So this isn't intended to be an advertisement for what they are running on. It is more of a way to talk about their experiences going through an election campaign. And also, um, primarily, there's an event that they're putting on at the end of the campaign that does involve music and does involve that kind of creative DIY uh, spirit of the podcast. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! All right, welcome to uh, a bonus episode of Witch Police Radio. Um, one of the things that I try to do on the show, obviously, uh, for people who are regular listeners, is that the show focuses on music, it focuses on Winnipeg musicians and Winnipeg-adjacent musicians, but a lot of people who are involved in the local music community do are involved in a lot of other things, whether it's creative things, whether it's, uh, you know, they have other lives uh, on top of just playing music. So the two guests on this episode have been on the podcast before talking specifically about what they do musically, but um, they're both also involved in something uh, a little bigger than the local music scene. So I think just to sort of um, set up what we're talking about here, if the two of you want to introduce yourselves and maybe just give a bit of background about what this event is and why you're doing it. Sure. I mean, I could, uh, I'll introduce myself and then Cam, maybe you can go and talk a bit about the uh, event. Um, so I'm uh, Robert Crooks and I'm uh, a member of the Communist Party of Canada here uh, in Winnipeg, the Penner Bethune Club in Winnipeg. And I am running in the federal election in the Winnipeg North Riding. My name is Cam Scott and I am a musician and a sound artist, a non-musician, as I say, you know, uh, I came up in a, a lot of punk and hardcore bands that I, I still play in, but also a lot of my activities lately have involved um, field recording and sort of reorganizing sound in uh, variously abstract ways. And I'm also a member of the Communist Party of Canada, and I'm running in the federal election in the riding of Winnipeg South Centre. Are you the only two candidates in Winnipeg? Is that do I have that right? Yeah, for the for the uh, Communist Party, that's right. Yeah. Okay, I, I do want to focus, you know, on the event that that, that you have going on, but um, maybe if you can just tell a bit of background about why what 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 is the Communist Party presenting, uh, you know, as a political party? Because I think that you know there there are three or four major parties that always get all the attention. People are very familiar with most of their platforms, and I think the Communist Party. Uh, is often considered a fringe party and maybe has a uh, well not maybe it does have considerably less attention on it than than the big the big four or five right yeah we uh we are a small party but we are growing um 
nationally, the party has uh, doubled in size in the past year or so. Um, and it's true, we don't we, we get locked, we get left out of a lot of uh, uh, like polls and debates and we're, we're not talked about in the mainstream media. But we are um, the only socialist party um, that's running in the election. Um, and, you know, we're very much opposed to, to the capitalist system and, and to the other capitalist parties. And, um, you know, I mean, going, going door to door is really, it's like the election time is really the best opportunity for us to go door to door and to talk to people about what our platform is and what we stand for. And, you know, it's been very rewarding this time around. And, and, um, you know, when you, when you actually come face to face with, someone who self-identifies as a communist, I think it's much different to a lot of people than sort of the boogeyman that they've, yeah. they've been fed their whole life through uh, propaganda in, in all, all forms of media, really. Well, it seems like we're now in a, a time where, I mean, especially in the States, the idea of a communist it, it is definitely that, a boogeyman. And it's like a scare, it's a scare tactic, right, to call someone a communist. So, um what has that meant for you guys? Just just trying to get the word out about what what your beliefs are and what your values are. Um, just dealing with the idea that that communist is almost a swear word for a lot of people. It's a tricky one because you have to clear this hurdle at almost every doorstep. I say almost every doorstep because there are two other possible responses that we hear too. Sometimes people are really excited. They're like, oh, "We've been waiting for you guys," and sometimes uh, people have no associations whatsoever and they're really like what what are you on about what do you yeah. mean by this and then we get to have this highly constructive moment where we you know we start from the problems that they're facing in the everyday you know because so much of this is uh listening as well as talking and uh, talking and going around speaking to people about the harms that they face surviving capitalism i would say that if people will actually let us bend their ear for a second, they're mostly pretty surprised right. at, uh, at the platform, at what we're demanding. You know, the, the word communist has been propagandized against to this degree where you show up and people think you're going to expropriate their mortgage and you're going <laughs> to drive away their, their car. And <laughs> it's, really, it's really the only truly humane platform, I think, because we can name the system capitalism that connects all of these other problems you know when we talk about economic justice and environmental justice and decolonization and all kinds of different problems that people are concerned about at this moment uh, we have a pretty hard-nosed analysis of of the system yeah. that unites all of these causes and if people will talk to us I think that they are normally impressed by that that analysis and can locate themselves within it. I, I'm sure you've been asked this by pretty much everyone who has heard that you're running, but what is, I mean, why do this? You, you're not, not going to win. You're not going to be elected government, obviously. You're, you're two candidates in Manitoba. Um, you, historically, the Communist Party has not had, uh, you know, great vote numbers and everything like that. What's the... Uh, it's a lot of work, right? Door knocking is a lot of work, uh, campaigning, going through the whole process and, and knowing from the outset that you're going to lose and probably lose handily. What is the incentive, I guess, for you for you guys to keep keep doing this and, and to want to go 
and spend all this time and effort and, and money and everything else to, to, to get your views out? Well, I'll, I'll jump in here. I mean, just something you, you just take on to the end. Okay. We're not spending very much money right, at all. Right, right, <laughs> <laughs> right. But um, time, though, time, you're spending a lot of yeah, time. Yeah, certainly time, and and we're seeing we're seeing the results of it, right? Like I, I touched on it before. It's the only kind of acceptable time where you can go door to door and talk to people about communism. Like yeah. we've set up on street corners and talk to people about it, and we get to kind of explain what communism or socialism is from someone who's actually a socialist. Okay, and. Uh, that can be very powerful because we've heard all of the uh, criticisms. We've heard all of the, the kind of ideological, you know, defense mechanisms and we have answers to all of them. But at the same time, it's, it's important to let people know that we're, we're out here, that we're, we're doing work beyond um, the election. Like, like our main focus as a party is not on uh, the election. It's, it's on doing work, between the elections, but we also need to grow the party. And during this election campaign, we've seen a steady increase since the beginning of people either asking to volunteer for the party, which which would be their first interaction with the party, or they're even asking to to join the party. Um, So in that sense, it's been uh, very successful for us. And we also just want to get out there and expose the contradictions of the capitalist system and the capitalist parties. Like people know that these politicians and these capitalist parties are full of shit, right? But they don't always know that there's another option, that there are, there are other ways to govern society um, that make a lot of sense and that work for, for, you know, millions and millions of people. What is, uh, I mean, that, that that makes sense to me. And honestly, I, when I heard you were running, I looked up the platform and there's very little that I can argue with in there. I mean, the, the ideas are, are, are very strong. And, but uh, I mean, I guess it goes back to the, the concern again that like, this is another way to govern that that could definitely benefit people, but it's not going to happen in this election or for the foreseeable future. So I guess the idea is to just get the word out and get the, the information in people's minds that this is a viable idea and, and sort of grow it very slowly grassroots style. Yeah. Until, until such time as, as the revolution comes. Right. right. I, I think, <laughs> I think really, you know, it, it's, it's a tricky thing because we are trying to build a movement using the moment of this election, it's a pressure point. It's a moment where people are are really uniquely attuned to uh, the insufficiencies of the system yeah. and I think are angrier about the parliamentary stalemate than ever before. So we can speak to that anger, but even left-wing social Democrats, the NDP, parties that frankly, when you, when you speak about how, how would these ideas become policy? In the short term, the best case scenario that we recommend would be like a progressive block, okay. including the left of the NDP and so on, who could pass some of this stuff into reality because the NDP, truthfully, has borrowed a lot of its um, most socialistic ideas from considerably left of its own ranks, including the Communist Party. Right. So we can envision some kind of progressive bloc, hopefully including communists, yeah. But parliament is not our focus because the NDP wants social movements to show up for them during an election so that they can govern 
you know, within the confines of the profit system, I don't truthfully believe, this won't surprise you, that it, they would govern much differently than the liberals. Right. We're trying to build a movement using the opportunity afforded us by the election. No, that makes sense. And it's sorry to keep asking about that, but you know, as someone who works in, in, in mainstream journalism, I mean, covering the election, the winning the election is the goal for so many other people out there. And that, that's the, the, the major focus. And all they talk about is how they're going to win, you know, kind of ahead of the, what they actually want to institute as, as policy and how they want to help people. So it's, it's, it's kind of almost like a reverse uh, way of looking at it, which I think is kind of cool. But because this is a music podcast and because, you know, you're both musicians, I don't want to sit here and, you know, make this like an ad for the Communist Party. I mean, obviously, I, I wish <laughs> wish you guys the best in the election. But um, do you think that is there an appeal to this this way of thinking, to this party for, you know, younger creative people who maybe are involved in, in, in DIY or organizations already and in grassroots, uh, you know, building of community and everything through through art? Yeah, because I mean, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, we have in our platform that we want to, you know, fund the arts. Um, you know, that's a huge part of our platform. Um, people who are involved in, um, you know, cultural labor, you might call it, um, deserve deserve a living wage, just like every other laborer. Right. Um, but, you know, we also, I mean, we also take it, we also take a holistic view to it. So, I mean, in order to practice your art, um, you need to be able to afford your house. You need to be able to make a living wage. You need yeah. to be able to access healthcare. Um, so all these things are tied together and it's certainly people, young people who are in the arts, this, um, this should, you know, our platform should um, resonate with them. But, you know, beyond that, it should just resonate with young people in general, I think. And you have uh, oh sorry go ahead go ahead Ken oh no I, I I absolutely I absolutely agree you know I I was a, a book worker I worked in the book industry and retail for a very long time and my last experience of that I suppose the bookstore I worked at unionized which was exhilarating to see um, and then I've been sort of precariously freelance for this year um, in addition to working for an arts nonprofit programming a sound art festival which is a wonderful stability to have in a plague year you yeah. know yeah, yeah, for um, sure. but but uh everyone that i talk to in the arts community who is politicizing around social justice issues on one hand is simultaneously feeling um the personal effects of of this great precarity yeah. you know yeah it's a it's a very precarious way to live so i, I definitely second everything that, that that rob says that i think that because um, when we say working class, we don't mean, you know, there, there's, there's an image that people have that the conservatives would, would, would try to, I think, double down on, you know, of like the white male industrial worker, whatever. When we say working class, with a class analysis in mind, we mean everybody who has to sell their labor or something of themselves to survive. We mean everybody. Unemployed, uh, precariously employed, that's the working class too. So getting art workers to identify as such is, is, is really um, an important, an important thing for us to do, I think. And that's a much larger group of people than I think, like you said, people would uh, normally expect from that term. From Absolutely. So Absolutely. Your, um, 
going to be combining the two interests, I guess, of the, the, the music and sound art with the politics at an upcoming event. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so I guess uh, Monday is the election and Sunday, I believe it's a, it's a law that you're not allowed to campaign on the day before an election. Um, so Saturday is going to be our last day of campaigning. And, and, you know, we've had a lot of, you know, it just, it hasn't just been me and Cam out there knocking on doors. We've had a lot of people um, from the party also stuffing mailboxes with, uh, with our leaflets, um, you know, and also just talking to their friends. We've had a lot yeah. of volunteers from outside the party. So we, we kind of want to have like a final event that's sort of a little bit of a celebration um, of, you know, what we've been doing over the, fa- the past few weeks. So we are planning to set up um, a film showing outdoors where we are going to show uh, the film Three Songs About Lenin okay. um, um, by Vertov. It's an old Soviet silent film from 1934, I believe. And then our very own Cam Scott here, who's who's a uh, sound artist and non, non-musician, is going to be doing the live uh, soundtrack to it. And what can you tell me about the soundtrack then, Cam? Is it, is, it good, is it something improvised or is it something you've already sort of planned out? Um, it's it's entirely improvised. I haven't... I, I, I really, really admire the artistic output of that that moment in, in Soviet history and artistic history. Yeah. But I, ha- I haven't seen this film yet. So it's going to be... It's going to be improvised because that's how I work in several collaborations with other people. Um, and I think that there's something interesting about, about that too, you know, uh, that there's going to be a certain amount of uh, preparation, <laughs> you know, I'll bring, I'll bring some materials in anticipation of what might happen. And then there's going to be um, an element of, response, uh, immediacy, and so on. So there's a bit of a, a dialectic there that I think Lenin probably counseled in politics as well. Do you think that having a Soviet film is going to just um, kind of bring out all the people who have this this boogeyman idea of what communists are? Just as soon as you said that, I'm like, oh man, so there's going to be someone complaining about these you know, evil communists uh, doing whatever to, to, to you know, you, you've heard the criticism, I'm sure. Yeah. I think... I think that, you know, like, I, you, you can see it. I, I hope I wear it well, you know, that I, I'm not necessarily one to eschew a bit of Soviet kitsch, but only insofar as it incarnates, you know, an unfinished idea. Okay. I think that we're really interested in the, the kind of revolutionary experiment that was that time we're not reducing it to to the artistic field or the economic dimension um but this this total vision of of a non-capitalist society so we'll take the criticisms as they appear but um we're, we're doing it with a certain amount of intention right right <laughs> well yeah I, I assume it wasn't just a random choice <laughs> um so where and when can people see this how, how do they get involved and, and check this out that's a great question. Um, <laughs> Seems like the main question I should have asked from the, from the get-go. But yes, yeah, how, how do people check us out? Well, 
we, I wonder, maybe Cam and I should have talked about this before. Should we, <laughs> should, should, should we, um, should we say what we were thinking or should we just kind of tell people to follow our social media in case plans change? Here's the thing. Truthfully, we're going to do this, um, a little, uh, gorilla okay. style. Okay. I just, I just planned and executed a bunch of really, uh, a really, really onerous outdoor concerts. This one, we're just going to show up and we're going to, we're going to do it DIY. So we don't have a precise set of coordinates okay. that I would feel com- comfortable saying at this moment, because we have to uh, like wing it a little on the, on the day of. So yeah, follow communist MB on Twitter and Instagram. Okay. And you will see the precise location. <laughs> um <laughs> when we we find it but sure, it's going sure. to be in uh, a lovely green space in winnipeg south center awesome and then what are you uh last question for you is what are you doing for election night obviously the communist party is not going to have one of those big events like many of the other parties do but are you going to be like you know actively watching this unfold or are you just sort of going to wait and see what happens but by the time it's over yeah i mean i think we'll we'll watch um i'm certainly cur- curious and in, in the the last the last election um we, some of the members of the party watched it at uh, someone's house with, okay. with the with the COVID, um, you know, s- still threatening us. Um, it's hard to say if it's going to be something we do in person or maybe something over over uh, Zoom, like virtually. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you know, I'm, I'm, I'll be watching just to see what happens. You know. Cool. 